The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. I love this music. News Welcome Radio 680 WPTF. Cardiologist and Doctor of Internal Medicine, Dr. Franklin Weevold. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-890-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF, Dave Alexander, along with Dr. Franklin Weefald, a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist. Welcome. Welcome yourself. And, and the the best part of the show is that though we're going to talk about cardiac topics, if anybody has any question about any other part of themselves medically. Absolutely. We want to hear it. We want to discuss it. And we want you to be informed, but we also yeah. want to entertain you, too. We're, we'll try. We'll try. Yeah. All right. The topic of the day is diabetes, but you can call for anything on the show. And we're also going to talk about a question that was emailed in about aspirin. Yep. Um, and later on, we're going to talk about two substances probably in your home. Are they good for you? Are they not good for your heart? We'll find out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk first about this in the news, that there were some blood pressure pills that are being recalled. Well, here's the problem. Um, anytime that you have a company that makes a generic medication, it has to be proved by the FDA. Yeah. And the manufacturing process for these types of medications is very similar. And these are called angiotensin receptor blockers. And believe it or not, yeah. they've all been recalled except for one. So you have Valsartan, which is also known as Diavan. Okay. That was recalled, right. and they got that situation, I think, under control. Then Herbisartan, very similar compound, very similar effects. It had the same problem. Yeah. And so I kept jumping. Okay, Valsartan was recalled. We went to Herbisartan. Then Herbisartan was recalled. Then we yeah. went to Losartan. Well, the latest is Losartan has been recalled, and it's been recalled by two different manufacturers. And uh, don't get up in arms. I mean, th they'll fix the problem. The problem is during the manufacturing process, nitroso-N-methyl-4-aminobutyric acid. Now, just forget that. Forget Not it. again. Again. But actually, it is again. Oh, All okay. four of them. All four. And so if you've taken the pill, you're not going to get cancer. Okay. The problem is, is that I think you'd have to take about 150,000 of them to get cancer. Now, I'm exaggerating. Sure. But I don't want you to worry if you've had a batch of these pills for the last several months yeah. that you're going to get cancer. It's a very, very trace amount. But what's so good about our FDA, and I think what this also shows is what's good about these manufacturers, yeah. is that there's testing. And so after one batch went bad, they tested them all. Now, what's going to happen? Most of the manufacturers of these drugs don't have a problem. What I recommend, don't stop taking your medication unless your doctor tells you to. Yeah. If you're on Losartan, Losartan HCT, the um, uh, brand name, it was made by Merck Sharp and Dome. It's, it's now made by probably 30 companies, but yeah. it's called Kozar or Hyzar, and that was by Merck Sharp and Dome. Okay. Okay, here's what you do. You call your pharmacy. Not every single, and the pharmacists are going to hate me for this, but not every single manufacturer is in the recall. So a lot of pharmacists are going, being proactive and they're calling their patients and they're saying, hey, you got to come in or you got to call your doctor and change your medicine. 
So if you're going to take this for five or six pills until you can get a change, that's fine. You're not going to get cancer. It, there's something that snuck into the pills. It was not intended to be in a right. part of in it, other or words, did they? Right. So when they're manufacturing this, believe it or not, and I can't tell you which chemicals go into the process, Yeah. but they got to mix these chemicals, they got to heat them, they got to cool them, they yeah. gotta, and then they got to press them into pills. Somehow, this compound was not eliminated in the process. Okay. And so it built up. Now, it's very small level. You remember saccharin? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, they, they fed saccharin to rats and yes. like they got tumors. Yeah. It's the same concept. You have to eat so many of these pills to get cancer. Right. But they don't want to take the risk. They want to keep the risks low. And I yeah. think the FDA is very good about this. But it can scare people. So people would think, God, I took this. I'm almost done with my month's supply. Am I going to get cancer? The answer is no. Is it a good step at this point to pick up the phone, call the pharmacy, or to call the doctor? Um, I The doctor's not going to know which batch you got. The okay. pharmacist is going to know the lot number, and it's going to go to the manufacturer. So the pharmacist can say, yeah, your pills are involved. Let's call your doctor, see if he wants to switch. Now, the other thing that can happen is one pharmacy may have one manufacturer, and the other pharmacy has the other. Yes. So what they can also do, if the pharmacist has enough time, and let me tell you, these pharmacists work their tails off, and so it's just that much more of a headache for them. Yeah. But they can find out if, if another pharmacy has your medicine by a different manufacturer, right. and you can keep taking the same medicine. Now, the problem is we can guess at what the dose of herbisartan would be if you're on, say, 50 milligrams of losartan. But it's a guess. Okay? Yeah, okay. So generally, that's 150, but you may need 300. And that's the problem in switching from one type of chemical to another type of chemical, even though those medicines do the same thing. They lower your blood pressure. Okay. So it's... In my mind, what I tell my patients when they call in, and a lot of them call in panicky because of this word cancer associated with this, this chemical that was left over in the manufacturing process. And I tell them, you're not going to get cancer. I don't want to have to switch you from, say, losartan to herbisartan. But yeah. what I would like you to do is to see if you can call your pharmacist, find out if your batch is effective. Yeah. And then what I've done also is called around to my local pharmacies and ask them if they have an unaffected batch so I can refer the patients over. Okay. Now, here's the problem. Okay. Certain um, medical benefit companies, some of these Medicare Part D's yeah. and Blue Cross Blue Shield, are now forcing you to go to a certain pharmacy. Yes. Okay. These drugs are all generic. And so I'm going to give you a hint. Yeah. I had a patient who came in and had been on Losartan for 15 years. All of a sudden... The pharmacist told him that they had to switch or the Losartan was going to cost him $40 as a tier four medication because it wasn't on formulary. Yeah. Everybody should know about this program. It's called Good RX. It's wonderful. I was very skeptical. Uh-huh. I have a, um, a app on my phone now. I had the professional one, of course. Oh, of course you do. So yes. if, if a patient comes in now and tells me that their generic drug is no longer on formulary with their medical benefit, Medicare Part D company, I tap it into my good RX and find out that it's $4 at another pharmacy. And so that I can send them the coupon through their smartphone yes. and just pay cash. Okay. You can pay cash for your medicines. You don't have to pay right. the copay if the copay is ridiculous and your medication is generic. Right. So there's a bunch of ways around this, but the most important thing about this is don't worry. If you've taken a pill that's on recall, you're not going to get cancer. Okay. But switch it okay. and find out.
telephone number to join in, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783, even to the point of, doctor, I've got these this bottle of medicine, I've been taking it for years, and I've forgotten what it's for. And we'll tell you what it's for. You know what it's for. Okay, Dr. Weefold, a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist with really means that he can answer pretty much all of these questions. He's not going to diagnose, but he's going to point you to your doctor and give you some questions. Right, and information. Okay. Somebody emailed you about aspirin based on last week's show, low-dose aspirin. Okay, I want to give – it's Worthy Durgan or Durgan? uh, Okay. Durgan. He's a good guy. He sent – a uh, email in, and the question is, I take and espouse aspirin every day. Mm-hmm. What is the impact of this daily dose on the quote-unquote leaky gut, and is the potential impact worth the risk? A new study came out of people who did not have heart disease. Right. So they were elderly. They were beyond the age of retirement. And they did a study. They gave half aspirin and half no aspirin. And it right. turned out there really wasn't a difference between the overall health rates because aspirin can have side effects. And they talk about leaky gut. It, what what does that leaky really mean? Uh, well, there's, there's a big thing now on some of these shows about leaky gut. And what that means is your gut's really not holding on to nutrients, et cetera. I'm not so sure what he means by leaky gut, but aspirin can harm your gut. Yeah. It is a chemical compound that will inhibit the ability of your stomach to protect itself from acid. Okay, so the stomach produces acid. Sure. It'll eat away your esophagus, but it won't eat away the stomach because it has a special lining that the stomach produces. So one of the problems with aspirin, in certain people, not everybody, it will eat a hole in your stomach. Now, that's very rare to do so, but I've seen it. I've seen these, uh, they're called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and the first one was aspirin. So it reduces inflammation, but it also reduces the stomach's ability to protect itself from its own acid. Therefore, you can get an ulcer, and some of these ulcers can be dangerous. So when you add it up to protective effect versus the bad things that aspirin could do, it came out in the wash. Now, that doesn't mean, and I've had patients come to me and say, look, doc, they said aspirin doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference if you don't have strokes or heart attacks or peripheral vascular disease. Okay. That's not what they studied. So if you do have heart disease and your doctor has prescribed aspirin, don't stop it unless he or she tells you to stop it. Don't ever do anything based on what you hear on the radio. All right. And the topic of the day is diabetes, but you can call 919-860-9783 about anything. If you're a diabetic, this would be an excellent opportunity to get a second opinion. And we've got some opinions that are going to be interesting to your doctor. Or I don't have the opinions, but Dr. Weefall does. Also, eggs, are they good for you? And can alcohol improve heart function? You'd be surprised at the results. Coming up next on Heart Health, News Radio 680 WPTF. Now, back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, doctor, we're looking for phone calls. 919-860-9783. Call right now. Talk about diabetes. Talk about what it is that we happen to be talking about moment to moment. But go ahead and call 919 860 
9783 and eggs. Love them. You love them. Are, is it, do you think that this latest study, and you may not have seen it, but do you think they're going to come out against eggs or for eggs? Well, let, or let me what tell do you, you think about eggs? Let me eggs? tell you. I have, I've been around since God knows when for a long time. Yeah. Eggs are good for you. Okay. Then another study comes out and says eggs are bad for you. And then another study comes out and says, no, no, they're good for you. Let me just tell you a little bit about medical research. 90% of it we should ignore, okay? Really? I was in an academic medical setting. And the problem is that these people have to publish or right. perish. Right. And so when you do a study, you have to ask yourself, what's the methodology of the study? So what they do is they go back in their database and they try to look and see if the number of eggs that somebody ate per week yeah. was associated with a higher risk of death. Now, here's the problem. What if those people who ate more eggs smoked more cigarettes? What yeah. if those people who ate more eggs were more diabetic than someone else? And they say they control for this, but they really don't. The only way you could prove it is to take a bunch of people and give them one fake egg, yeah, and then a bunch of other people, give them a real egg. And then <laughs> 10 years later, yeah. see what happens. You that's do called, actually. That's called a double-blind, randomized study. That's the only way you prove in a general population whether something is bad for you or not. So all these real studies that you hear that prove these cancer drugs work right. or this new heart drug works, it's yeah. called a double-blind, randomized trial, prospective. So you take a bunch of people with a certain cancer, you give them half of a placebo, what we used to call a sugar pill, yeah. and half the real medicine. Then you follow them for five years or six years, and you do the statistical analysis, and you see if it helps. But they haven't done that with eggs. They've just gone back and looked at some database and said, oh, my gosh, if you eat an egg, you're going to live 8.6 seconds for less than for every egg you eat. So we can do sit there at your restaurant and eat an egg and just mark off the time. Okay, well, then I won't take that vacation because it'll take me 8.6 seconds more, and I'm not going to have that time. Right. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Here is Norena Allen of Northwestern University. We actually found that any increase in the amount of eggs per day eaten was associated with an increased risk. So this was a, a linear increase for every half an egg increased um, consumed, there was an 8% greater risk for the development of heart disease. This finding between increased dietary cholesterol and increased number of eggs that you consume with higher risk of heart disease and mortality. How are they going to kill you? Lord have mercy, save me. That's what I say when you I don't hear think these that's, things. Okay. No. True or false? Yeah. The cholesterol in your bloodstream is what you've eaten yes. or what your own body made. I assumed it was what I've eaten. Nope. No? The vast majority in your, of cholesterol in your bloodstream is produced by the liver. That's why cholesterol medications, except for one, right. don't prevent the cholesterol from entering your body that you eat. It lowers the cholesterol that your liver makes. Cholesterol is a natural compound. It's essential for the development of what you call cell membranes. Right. And every cell in your body, your skin cells, your heart cells, your liver cells, have a membrane that hold the inside of the cell inside. Yes. And you have to have cholesterol. You have to. But 
too high of a cholesterol is associated. I don't, I don't want to, it's not, we don't know if it's the cause. Right. We know that it's associated with a higher risk of stroke and heart attack and, and gangrene of the legs from peripheral vascular disease. But we make it. And so the way that we lower it is by giving us a medication called a statin and some other medications that reduce the ability of our liver to produce cholesterol. Now, Zetia or Zetamibi is the only one that prevents cholesterol from being absorbed from our body. How much cholesterol is in one egg? I have no idea. Two, it, it was a board question, believe it oh, or not. okay. All right. 240 milligrams. All right. That's a we, lot. Well, yeah, but we take in much more than that every day. So if you hear that eggs are bad for you, I've got some news. Wait six months. Yeah. Somebody else will produce a study that says it's good for you, that they're good for you. Eggs are incredibly good food. Protein, I mean, egg whites, the yolk, they're very good for you because they're nutritious. We need the protein. Now, you want to eat 20 eggs a day? I don't think so. But if you want to have two eggs for breakfast, have at it and don't worry about it. Okay. Plenty of other things to worry about in this world. 919-860-9783 is the telephone number to talk and perhaps even argue with Dr. Weifold who's a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, you, and who says this about diabetes and insulin. Okay. Now, I'm going to say something, and people are going to be shocked. Yeah. Um, there's two types of diabetes. There's the kids and the young adults who get diabetes. Mm-hmm. That's called type 1. used to be called juvenile. That's when your insulin stops being produced by the pancreas. The vast majority of people in this world have type 2 diabetes. It's adult onset, and it's due to the fact that your insulin doesn't work very well. Either it doesn't respond to the level of sugars in your bloodstream or it doesn't produce the, the effect. So what we were taught back in the 70s and 80s, and that's how old I am, is that you treat diabetes with insulin. We were treating type 2 diabetes the same way we were treating type 1 diabetes. I will say this. Insulin for a type 2 diabetic is bad for them. It will lower your sugar. Yeah. And it will get this thing called the A1C, which is a measurement of the long-term effect of the control of your sugar. But it won't save your life, and it will make you heavy. It won't help you lose weight. And so I'm going to say this. There are so many other good ways to treat diabetes, number one, with diet, Okay. that going to insulin for a diet. I mean, I have people coming into my office on 100 units of long-acting insulin every day. And I talk to him and I say, well, what's your A1C? Oh, about nine. I mean, we want that around six. That's the level you shoot for, under seven. Yeah. Two new medicines that come out. They, one of them, the type of medicine, and the brand names are Jardiance, Farsigia, and Invocana. And I'm going to apologize. I don't know the generic names because they're not generic medications yet. Yeah. They make your kidney excrete the sugar that's in your bloodstream. It's like a diuretic for sugar instead of a diuretic for sodium. The nice thing about those medicines, number one, they work. Number two, the side effect profile is pretty low. And number three, they reduce your chance of dying of cardiovascular disease. The other type of medication is an injection. It's been around for a long time, but now they have once a week forms that actually are better than what they were before. The first one that came out is Bietta. 
Then there's Vitoza, and now there are a slew of them. Ozempic, you've probably seen the commercial, O-O-O, Ozempic. And then there's uh, Trulicity, and there's Bidurian. And what these medicines do is make your insulin more effective. Remember, type 2 diabetics, adult-onset diabetics, they have insulin. It's there. It's just not working right. The whole system's not working right. And so if you take one of those medications, you also have a lower risk of dying. So I've now taken the bull by the horns because I see so many of my cardiac patients coming in with uncontrolled diabetes. And I put them on these medications, basically get them off of insulin. And here's the really good effect too. They lose weight, probably 10 pounds in the first month. Now there is a weight loss medicine called Sexenda. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah. So it was big on TV for a while. The problem is it's very expensive. It's the same medicine as Trulicity, Ozempic. It's the same one, a GLP-1 agonist. And the nice thing about it is these medications help you lose weight, but also lower the risk of you dying of a heart attack. Now, if you're on insulin, please don't stop. I'm not telling anybody in this audience to change anything that they're doing right now. Right. But talk to your doctor. If you're overweight, if your sugars are out of control, and the insulin just keeps being prescribed at higher and higher doses, first off, talk to your doctor. Now, diets are very scary for people because they've grown up eating the same thing day in and day out for years. Yeah. I have something that's very simple. It's called the no-no diet. And that means you want to stay away from white flour and sugar. Okay, those are the two things that are the are the fundamental underpinnings of a diabetic and they're, diet. They're the good things in the a good donut. Stuff. In a donut. Donut. Right. Love right. it. I mean, right, I'm, well, I like. Go ahead. We'll take this up uh, in the second half hour of the show and call us, would you? 919-860-9783 on Heart Health on WPTF. Now, back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefald on News Radio 680 WPTF. Where the telephone number is 919-860-9783. And we are talking about a couple of things today, including diabetes. And later on in the show, can alcohol improve heart function? I, I just, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> it's another one of those, yeah, they did a study. Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. They did a study. They did a study. All right. That's the way to go. What else do you want to talk about a di- diabetes? I mean, well, you're, let me tell you, you're diabetes, throwing everything on their yeah, head. The thing, about, the thing about diabetes is that it is a disease of our success. Okay. Yeah. Look at the Native Americans. Okay. When they lived in their native lands, yes. their intake were complex carbohydrates, but mainly meat. Okay, so mm-hmm. they ate buffalo, but they would eat whole grains. They were thin, okay. and they were healthy. One of the things, if you go back and look at what Native Americans said about the conquistadors and the English they first met, is that how unhealthy they were. And they were, because they come over, you know, eating hardtack and things on the boat. Right. And the Native Americans were very, very healthy. The problem is they, they didn't have any resistance to smallpox and yeah. influenza. Well, what happens now, unfortunately, you know, after the disaster of their civilization in, in contact with the Europeans, they live on these reservations. And they're eating 
the American diet for the most part. And what is that? You walk down the grocery aisle, and it's a simple carbohydrate in a box. Yeah. Cheerio. Well, not, maybe not Cheerios. I picked the wrong thing. Sugar frosted flakes, potato chips. What yes. are those things? They're potatoes and white flour. It's made of a simple carbohydrate. Now, why are some people heavy and diabetic and others aren't? It's the concept of feast and famine. Fat does not make you fat. I hate to take away that, that concept. What makes you fat are simple sugars. The reason is simple sugars are chemically transformed in your body and stored. What fat is a storage system. So that when you're hungry and yeah. you can't find any food, you can live off yourself. Because the brain needs the energy from glucose all the time. Yes. So the way that you can lose weight is to fast. And what is fasting? Eating protein only. That's called a modified fast. Okay. But no carbohydrates. So the Atkins diet. Now, when that first came out, it was extremely controversial. But I can tell you right now, if you're a diabetic and you go on the Atkins diet, your sugars are going to drop. Because there are no simple carbohydrates in the Atkins diet. No sugar, mm-hmm. no white flour. Mm-hmm. The funniest thing is when I have patients come in and they say, Doc, I'm overweight. What can I eat and what can I not eat? It's, and then the diabetics come in and then say, Doc, my sugar's not under control. Yeah. What can I eat? What can I not eat? And it's the same diet. Stay away from white flour and from sugar. So here's my no-no list. Number one on the list in the South is biscuits. And they're great. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah. Really? Biscuits are basically just flour with a little baking soda. Yeah. One biscuit is like 10 teaspoons of sugar equivalent. White bread, hot dog buns, hamburgers. Stay away from those as much as possible. All right. How about t- potato salad? That's bad. Now- no, wait, I'll take it back. I love potato salad. That's good stuff. I'm not diabetic. Yeah, okay. So there you go. I'm going to eat my ice cream. I'm going to eat my potato salad. But if yeah. I were smart, yeah. which I'm not <laughs> when no. it comes to food, I would eat less of them. But it's so good. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, a, a really well-made potato salad. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. All right. Next on the list is a potato. Okay, so... A white potato, french fries, potato chips, that's a simple carbohydrate. If you want to eat the skin, that's okay. Great. Because that's a complex carbohydrate. So potato skins are not as bad as mashed potatoes. Uh, now, wait a minute. Okay. I Go to TGI Fridays or buy it from <laughs> Those the, are great, aren't they? Uh, they're wonderful, yes. Bacon, little cheese. Anything is better with bacon on it, even right. no, ice cream. No, I, I'm no. telling you. Have you had bacon with ice no, cream? No, I haven't. But I'm telling you. That if you you start out that we don't even care about the potato anymore, yeah. there's cheese and bacon that's right. and butter and that's all you have to tell and me. And here's what I'm going to tell you: if you yeah. don't have high blood pressure, I'd rather see you eat a couple slices of bacon yeah. than a baked potato. Okay. All right. All right. Third thing: yeah. snack crackers. Oh my really? god. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, I mean, if you look at them. What are they made of? They're flour, they're pressed down, they're baked. Fine. It sounds like they're baked, not fried. It's okay. still bad for you because, again, made out of flour. So those nabs that people love, you yeah. got to cut back. All right, eat an eat a unsalted uh, cashew or peanut. Now, cashews aren't as good as peanuts, but we'll talk about that a later. A peanut? 
White rice. White okay. rice. Yeah. White rice. Now, as a half Chinese person, my okay. mother is rolling over her grave because okay. white rice was a staple of her diet. But what do we have here? Rice and gravy, rice and gravy. Yes, Believe we do. me, I yes. eat it all the time. Yeah. If you can eat whole grain rice, it's chewy. It's not like the white rice that we're used to. I understand, yes. That's good for you because the husk is a complex carbohydrate. It's not broken down into the types of things that will raise your blood sugar and raise your weight. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to hear this collective gasp because this is really important. Yeah. Pasta. Bad for you. Bad for you. Well, when I say these things. Yeah, I know. Okay? If you want to lose weight. If you want to control your sugar, pasta needs to be cut back. That's made out of white flour. Okay. Now, they, they talk about whole wheat pasta. Okay. Maybe it's a little better for you. Now, bread, wheat bread is not really wheat bread. Most of the brown bread you see is just dyed white bread. If you want to eat a good bread, it's whole grain. Now, that's got those little itty-bitty things in them, you see. Yes. And people kind of shy away from them. But when you get used to it, it's actually quite nice. The problem is, is that it's it's hard to switch over from Wonder Bread oh, no. to this whole wheat bread business. So, Okay, so I started my day this week, the first couple of days of the week, with a peanut butter and banana sandwich mm. on that, ter- that sort of woody, kind of nutty bread. That's not so bad. That's not bad. Peanut butter is actually a really good thing. Okay. okay? Right. The problem with Skippy, and again, if you're a brand manager for Skippy, I apologize, but it's got sugar in it. Yeah. And that's why it tastes so good. Well, let me tell you something that I, I learned, and you can knock me down if you've understood it to be different. The reason our processed food is so sugary isn't just that we, 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 we like the sugary. It's that sugar is now so cheap. Yeah. Corn sugar. Yeah. Let's go about the difference. Okay. Okay. But cane sugar versus fructose-rich corn syrup. Is there a different difference chemically? Absolutely. So if you look at, you can get fructose corn syrup. Yeah. In a bottle. Caro syrup. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then cane sugar is the white stuff that is in your little sugar bowl. Right. Cane sugar is made out of sugar cane. So what they do is they grow this cane, then they put it in a big press, yeah. Miller. You remember right. Miller's? Yeah. That's where the Miller name comes from. Okay. They're Miller's. And so you take the cane and you squeeze it down and the juice comes out. That is sucrose. Sucrose is, and you crystallize it and it's sugar. Right. Well, somebody got the bright idea, and I don't know. I'd like to know who invented fructose, high fructose corn syrup. Fructose is a little bit different chemically than sucrose, okay? Yeah. But what that is, is they take the corn and they do something to it and they make this syrup. And what it is, is chains, long chains of these sugars stuck together. And it has sucrose, but a whole lot of fructose in it. So, you ever heard of a Mexican Coke? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So, if you go to... A lot of the convenience stores now, and I go to Sheets a lot, and the tall 16-ounce bottles, that's what we used to have as kids. Yeah. Well, they're back. And the reason is a lot of the Mexican immigrants will not drink the regular Coca-Colas because those are now made with high fructose corn syrup. It's easy to manufacture. Have you ever been to Iowa? Yeah. Everywhere you look is corn. 
Yeah, don't drive across it. Well, yeah. But so what they do now, the corn manufacturers, a huge part of their profit is yes. making this high fructose corn syrup. Yes. You can taste the difference. The okay. cane sugar Coke versus the fructose Coke. I got to remind folks about something. First of all, Dr. Weefald is not some fringe dietitian trying to sell you snake oil in a bottle. Right. In fact, you don't even have steak knives. You don't even have a book. I have a toaster. Somebody you have can a win. Toaster. The next caller, if there is one, you'll get a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's a he, he's an internal medicine specialist and cardiologist with millennia cardiovascular, but he's not trying to sell you even on millennia cardiovascular. He wants to sell you on health. Health. And okay. uh, you know one of the things that I think I do well is try to calm down the rhetoric and calm down everybody's all worried about one thing or another is going to kill you. Okay, And the most important thing is to just calm down. Remember that the the loudest, squeakiest wheel gets the grease. And everybody now is on Twitter. And everybody wants to have their tweets liked. And so the most outrageous thing you can say is going to get the airtime and the attention. All right. Well, let's let's hope that Ray and Raleigh has got something outrageous uh, to get the airtime and attention. Hi, Ray. Welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Weefall, News Radio 680, WPTF. Hi, Ray. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Well, he threw down a challenge, so I'm going to try it. Amen. I'm, I was put on a medication called atorvastatin. Yeah. The dosage is 10 milligrams. Yes. And this is a long time ago. Okay. Uh, subsequently, and it's also a while back, I heard something that atorvastatin was not the best thing to be taking, so I kind of backed away from using it except for uh, periodics. What's what's the good word? Okay, so this is atorvastatin, so I assume you had a high cholesterol level. I don't know. Who put you on it? My uh, primary care. Okay, so probably, and I'm guessing, uh, it's an educated guess, uh, that you had a high cholesterol. And there's three types of cholesterol. There's good, there's bad, there's indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> True. The bad cholesterol, LDL, the higher that is, the greater the chance you're going to fall into that category of people. Not necessarily so, not 100% so, who develop cholesterol buildup in the arteries to your heart. So atorvastatin was one of the statin medications that was developed to prevent your liver from producing cholesterol. The technical term is HMG-CoA reductase, hydroxymethylglutarol, blah, 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 blah. Which, so you take it once a day, and what it does is gets in your liver, and it prevents your own liver from producing cholesterol, and your cholesterol levels drop. Now, it's a really good medicine. Now, it has to be taken every day, and the reason why is if you want to have the effect of lowering that cholesterol level. If you take it once in a while, it'll lower it for a little bit, then it'll go right back up. And then yeah. lower it for a little bit, and right, go right back up. Uh-huh. The biggest thing is that these medicines have gotten a bad name among certain people. And you get on the radio and you hear statins, you know, they're associated with muscle aches and liver damage. If you take the statin, you have a very slight chance of hurting your liver. But if you have a good doctor who's supposed to monitor you, he's going to check it. And if you have a problem with your liver, he or she is going to pick it up 
and they're going to stop the medication. Now, one of the biggest side effects of a statin like a torvastatin is a muscle ache. So all these patients come to me and they say, Annie Sue and Billy Joe has told me they you know, almost couldn't walk and I've got muscle aches now, I wanna stop the medication. There, is a, there are two things about that. They did a study, they gave people a sugar pill and told them it was a torvastatin, yeah. and they gave people a torvastatin and told them it was a sugar pill, okay? Okay. Guess who had the most mu- muscle aches? The people who thought they were taking a torvastatin. The people who actually were had fewer muscle aches. So the power of the mind and the power of suggestion is really high. But if you do honestly have muscle aches, there is there are ways to, to get those muscle aches to go away. Number one, you, you stop the one you're on and try a different one. So we talked about this last week. A torvastatin is a fat soluble, so it builds up in your body. It is more likely to cause muscle aches than say, Rosuvastatin. So you can try switching to a different medication. The other thing you can do is go off of it and start taking a over-the-counter vitamin called coenzyme Q10. Not everybody responds to it, but it seems to be protective in those people who take a torvastatin. Now, what I'm going to tell you, Ray, is I don't know whether you should be on it or not, but the person who does know is your doctor. So if there's a question about why you're taking it, and whether you should take it, the simple answer is find out what your cholesterol level was and find out what your risk of a heart attack is. Do you smoke? Do you have diabetes? Are you overweight? You're obviously a man, so that puts you at a higher risk because men have a higher risk than women. And then what I'm going to say is the most important thing. Did your dad or your brother or your mom have a heart attack or have heart trouble? That, I think, is probably the biggest risk. Now, people would disagree with me, okay? But I think genetics are really, really important, and I think more and more people are getting to understand that. So what you do, Ray, go back to your doc and ask him or or her, what's my LDL cholesterol? What's my risk? Do you think the risk of taking a medicine? And any medicine carries risk. I'm a big believer in medicine. I take five a day myself. But I always tell people, if you can get away without a medicine, don't be on a medicine. So does that answer your question? PKD, and I don't know if that uh, answers into the equation any. Your EKG? Uh, let's EKG. talk about EKGs. Oh, oh, it's just the kidney. Was your EK, I'm sorry, were you saying your EKG no. or kidney? PKG, Ray? Polycystic kidney disease. Oh, okay. Disease. P- okay, polycystic kidney disease is a serious disease. And the statin should not affect the, the polycystic kidney disease. Um, but you need to be careful with everything else you do um, because polycystic kidney disease, it, it's what it sounds like. Your, your kidney's tissue and the kidney filters your blood. Yeah. So the urine that the kidney produces is the poisons that your body's trying to get rid of. Right. And when you have polycystic kidney disease, over time, the kidney tissue is replaced by just a cyst, which is a fluid-filled sac, and your kidney becomes less powerful in yeah, getting out the poison. Yeah, for uh, uh, dialysis now. Are you on dialysis now or are you getting ready? I'm getting ready to. Yeah. Well, and, and that's t- that's a tough life. Um, yeah. It is. Have you had a shunt put in yet? Uh, that was just done this week. Oh, my God. How's it working? I don't know. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Put your Is it on your arm? Yeah, yeah. Pulse. It's on the arm. That's okay, put your hand lightly over it. Do you feel it pulsing and whooshing? A little bit. Yeah, so it's working. It's working. Um, the, what a shunt is, is they take a vein out of your body somewhere 
and then they attach it to an artery in your arm, and then the other half they attach to a vein. So what happens is there's rapid blood flow through the artery, across that shunt into the vein. And then that thing will be big and visible, and they'll stick a big needle in it, and then two needles actually, and then they'll dialyze you. And they'll have an artificial replacement for the kidney. Well, listen, Ray, I'm gonna wish you the best of luck. Call us anytime. I take care of a lot of patients with polycystic kidney disease. They've held on for years, sounds like you did. And um, dialysis is tough, but it's not something you can't live with. Are you retired now, or are you still working? Retired. Yeah, well, you know what? Bring your iPad, bring a TV, better yet, bring a book. And are you going to be doing three days a week, do you know? That's what they tell me, yeah. Have you ever heard about home dialysis? Uh, I've heard something about it. Yeah, let me just tell the listeners and you out there. I've got several patients who have a dialysis machine, and they do it at home. And it's really amazing because um, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do it. You usually have to have a real good partner because you can't stick the needles in yourself. A lot of people don't want to stick their own needles in. Yeah, I could see that. But what's nice is, you know, you have to have purified water. So they hook up your water system to a water purifier called a uh, reverse osmosis or RO. And then they run that through and you dialyze yourself at home. Now, I'm not telling you, Ray, that you should. But there are a lot of options nowadays. And I know, is it North Carolina um, nephrology that you're going to? Yes. They're good people, really good people. And are you going to go to Fresenius Dialysis? That's, the I think, the company they work with. And they're really good people. So I can tell you, Ray, I'm sorry you had to go through this, but you've got a good team on your side. Do us a favor. Call us in a, you know, when you've been yeah. on dialysis for a while. I'd love to hear your experience and love to... F- to see if you're really feeling better because most people after their dialysis sessions they feel real good there's a lot of complications to dialysis it's hard to adjust your medicines on dialysis but i will say this if you've got a kidney problem then that's another risk for developing heart disease in the future so definitely talk to your doctors about whether you need to take that atorvastatin ray thank you thank you hey and good luck call us back all right we're on saturdays at four o'clock every Saturday, and we take a tiny break. We're back with the answer to the question, can alcohol improve your heart function? We're going to have a beer just in a second. News Radio 680 WPTF. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-890-9783. I hope you're envious of Ray from Raleigh. Well, who got some great advice. Well, and you know, I'm going to say, Ray, if you're still listening, our, our prayers are with you. You're going to yes. do great. You've got good a, set, a good set of doctors. You've got a good dialysis center. And uh, we'll be praying for you to keep – you know, he's so calm. Yeah. He's, well, look, it, you I know want to reach, reach through the airways and pat him on the back. He's a great guy. Yeah, he is. All right, so they did a study to answer the question, can alcohol improve heart function? There's good news and bad news, doctor. What do you think the answer was? Well, let me tell you what I've heard. People in Mediterranean areas drink a lot of wine, and apparently they tend to live longer. I think that's probably more genetic. We heard back in the day that a glass of red wine would be good for you. And then we heard later that it's bad for you. Now, I don't know what this study's going to show, but let me tell you what I tell my patients. Yeah. I think the most important thing for drinking one alcoholic beverage a day is relaxation. 
Okay? Yeah. Stress. Yep. When you're stressed, your adrenaline goes up. It hurts your heart. Now, what did these people say? Okay, this is a study in, I think, the UK. No, American Cardiology. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they were talking about alcohol consumption on CV structure. What is CV structure? That basically, it's the cardiovascular. The of, yeah, the strength of your heart, the valves, how strong they are, how healthy they are. Good news is they found out. Yes, yes. In well, fact, I'm glad. it could moderate. But the bad news is, is? well. The problem is, they only tested healthy people. Oh. None of the people had diabetes, renal disease, uh, heart failure, valve disease, or alcohol abuse. None. They they took two groups and asked them these questions about alcohol consumption, mm-hmm. and it was they only tested they only had yeah. healthy people. Well, like I said. Anything in moderation. Now, yes. if you're an alcoholic, yeah. don't drink at all. No, no, no don't. And alcoholism it. is a disease. If you're an alcoholic, you yeah. have a disease like anybody else. We should treat you as a patient. There's no moral issue involved. But yeah, a beer a day, right. a glass of wine a day, and my favorite. Okay, what's what do you? Okay, guess what my drink is. Well, uh, I don't know. Single malt scotch. Single malt scotch? Yeah. How about that? And, and we'll talk more about scotch because scotch is good. But relax. Take a load off, but don't get drunk. Well, now, I, I, I do notice that the study was sponsored by Anheuser-Busch Pharmaceuticals. I didn't know they had a pharmaceutical Yeah, they got a whole pharmaceutical company. Is this what, beer pills? It says, <laughs> it says uh, please self-medicate resu- responsibly. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I made that part up. made that part up. But, it, you know. I, I think, listen, um, alcohol has been around since the dawn of civilization. Right. And why? Right. Because things went sour. How does alcohol made? Yeast? I, and you eat up the wheat that's gotten wet and you make whiskey. Ironically, if you have too much of it, things go sour also. Well, that's true. The show may go sour. (laughs) Who knows? If you were to consume too much. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Aren't you really kind of preaching everything in moderation? Yeah, except love. Okay, you can't. Okay. And let's talk about this, okay? For one minute. What's going to keep you happy? A good set of interpersonal relationships. People who are in a happy marriage yeah. live longer. Okay. People who are lonely don't live very long. Stress, I think, cannot be emphasized over enough. And therefore, the love we have for each other, and I'm not talking about sappy things, but if you have love in your heart, your heart is going to be healthy. So you can never have too much love. You can never have too much appreciation for the people around you, and and that's something that we need more of. We'll be back next week at 4 o'clock next Saturday. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action of what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.